Okay, welcome inside the 360 Sports Show special edition of the show. We normally release on Sundays, but we wanted to release. We planned to release a Super Bowl preview tonight on this Thursday, January 30th, but um, that is going to be overshadowed a bit. We were going to focus just on the Super Bowl matchup for today and then give you a recap of the Super Bowl on Monday. Um, but in light of some events from the past weekend, uh, we are going to discuss um, the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant and eight others, including his daughter. Um, just absolutely horrific news. Um, so we're going to delve uh, into that to start the show. Uh, just taking care of business uh, off the bat. This is the 360 Sports Show. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, at 360 Sports Show. You can email the show your questions, the 360 Sports Show, gmail.com. Hit us up through any form of social media, and you can find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, etc., etc. I'm Andrew Pizzelli. He's Christian Lauber. Christian, I want to ask you um, right off the bat um, this Kobe Bryant news we all found out on Sunday that he died in a helicopter crash. Um, what we know um, is that him, along with his daughter, Gianna, uh, along with seven others, Alyssa Altobelli, John Altobelli, Carrie Altobelli, Christina Mauser, Sarah Chester, Peyton Chester, and the pilot Ara Zabayan, um, did not survive the crash in Calabasas, California. An absolute tragedy. It's a sports tragedy. It's a human tragedy. Fathers and daughters lost. Mothers lost in this. It's just horrific. It's hard to wrap the mind around. I know I'll never forget where I was when I heard the news. That started with you. I'll tell my full story of that that day, Sunday, but tell me from your perspective, because you're the one who texted me to look it up, what was going on? How did you first find out about the news that Kobe Bryant, one of the biggest, most influential members in the sports community, was dead? Yeah, especially of, uh, you know our generation. He's, he's our generation's Jordan, really. Um, but just a little bit to start, yeah, um, normal day. Right. You're just uh, Sunday. Usually there's football on. There wasn't really, you know, Pro Bowl. So pretty much nothing. But, you know, we we were just doing stuff around here, around the house. And uh, I walk into my kitchen and, uh, you know, on my phone, just scrolling through a feed. um, And I see TMZ, who, you know, always breaks this stuff. And I see Kobe Bryant has passed away died in a helicopter crash and i immediately was like no way there is it's not possible he was just tweeting lebron 16 hours ago there's no way and then i keep reading and it's like huh maybe this is real because now nowadays you can go on the internet and just hoax anything i mean that's really the way it is so i immediately thought it was fake and then i'm scrolling down more and more and more and everybody's giving their thoughts on it like is this real is this real and TMZ is pretty reliable with these these breaking news stories that they do and just absolutely shook me to my core. Just, you know, one of the most unexpected things you can ever read is that a guy who was, I don't know if he was he was in the building, but him and LeBron were going back and forth, you know, about LeBron breaking his record for points. And then 16 hours later, I'm reading this story and I'm just like, this has got to be fake. There's no way. And then it, you know, became very real, real quick and just absolutely terrible tragedy, but also just absolutely shocking. 
you know, one of the one of the things that I did not expect to read when I woke up on Sunday. Yeah. And so you text me this Kobe Bryant news. Oh, my God. And so immediately I'm like, what is something? What's going on? I mean, because the night before I was planning at some point on the show, whether it would be, you know, probably not this, during the Super Bowl preview, but, you know, on the Monday, have the discussion about Kobe versus LeBron. LeBron had just passed him on the all-time scoring list that night, and yeah. it was going to be a really fun debate. Still could be. We could debate that if we want. Yeah, yeah. Some point down the line, Kobe versus LeBron. Um, that was going to be a fun thing to do, and I was thinking about that, and I would. I had everybody had, if you're a sports fan, you had Kobe on your mind Saturday night. Um, and then you text me, and let's look at it, and the same thing. Absolute just shock. I was with a, a big group of people who were having... Uh, a get together at my at my house, and I see it, and I look at it, and when I see TMZ, and I saw Adrian Wojnarowski, yeah, blue check mark, Kobe Bryant confirmed dead. I, it took it, it just just one of the, again you said shocking something you just didn't expect to read, um, for him being so young, and then so I immediately say like I pause a movie that we're all watching. I said guys, Kobe Bryant just died in a helicopter crash. Immediately from outside. Uh, a buddy of mine who had been smoking a cigarette comes running in. He's like, guys, Kobe Bryant, just this friend, not a major sports fan. You know, he he's a Yankees fan, but he's not a, a diehard watch everything, consume everything. He just sports are a thing that he can sit and watch, but he's not living and dying with any teams uh, anymore. And he was stunned, shocked. You could see the look of just like shock and complete, just almost couldn't believe that you were reading what you were reading. Um, and yeah, life stopped for like 20 minutes while we all just scrolled and like, this oh, can't yeah. be true. And then as initially it was Kobe Bryant and four others and then became five and then six and then seven and then nine. And then hearing the news that his daughter was on there too yeah. is that's that rips you apart. That's, yeah. that's the gut punch. I mean, to lose and we'll get into what Kobe's legacy will be, um, how this will impact, uh, the world basketball specifically and the things that he was starting to do um, off the court and in a way and having been retired. And I think, you know, but losing the daughter too, then it becomes more than just, Oh, a guy died in a helicopter crash that those types of things happen. You know, Roy Halliday, you know, an accident, but he brought it on himself. He was fooling around in a, in a glider and obviously it's still a tragedy, but it's, it's one guy. And then you find out that a guy dies with his daughter and then all these other people and their children, you know, it's just, and it, also, it becomes a, my dad put it in a great way. It's not just a sports tragedy. No, this is a human tragedy. That's why it speaks to so many people and so many people have been affected and moved. And even now I'm talking about it. I, I still don't believe it. It doesn't seem yeah. real. I didn't know Kobe personally. Um, but sports fans, we get to, we think we know these people because of how out there they are and the impact they have on us as fans. Whether they're yeah. the guy you hate in a figurative sense because he's so good. I hated Kobe, but that's because you knew just the absolute killer that he was and how good and of a competitor. And just that it was gonna, if your team was gonna beat him, it was gonna take everything that that team had. And you, you, you say you hate that guy, but what you're really saying is that you respect that guy. I said that about Peyton Manning for forever. I hate Peyton Manning, but it's a hate born out of respect for how good the other guy is. Um, and there's not many of those guys in sports who 
you hate for how good they are and also have the competitiveness that he brought to the table. Um, there's not a, a lot of guys left like that anymore. Um, and that's why it speaks to sports fans. But what he was doing and then to be with his daughter, it, Terrible. there's there's yeah. nobody who can't empathize or understand, you know, I think you kind of get what I'm trying to say. Like yeah. it, it, it's and a horrible tragedy that everybody can look at and be like, that's just awful. What's crazy is it's, you know, they're going to a basketball game for, for her. Yeah. They you were know, flying to an AAU basketball game. And, uh, there was, I, I'm not sure which one I know. Um, you know, the, I'll tell you, he was a co he was the baseball coach, but, um, there was also a teammate and I believe her mother were yep. on that as well. It's just, it's terrible. Um, and, it it absolutely just like sh- shook everybody's day. You know, you see the impact that it had on the players, especially the younger gen. Like like uh right like I'm 26. You know, Kobe is is really the guy of this generation. So he he's retired since, but he he was the guy. But it was so recent his retirement. You know? Yeah, and he's only you know he's still so young, and he just started. You know, everybody. During this story, everybody likes to bring up their baggage. Um, so real quick, way back in whenever that whole allegations about his rape case was, then he had this number switch in, in 06. And, and I'm not kidding you. I, I really think something in his mind was like, all right, I got I to gotta flip a switch here. Because you could see the change he made. And, and later in his career, you know, the re- one of my favorite stories that I saw was the reason he made this change and to not change with the number, but change to from car to helicopter was because he's like, well, I need to spend time with my family, but I'm playing basketball. So he'd take the chopper, go down to the arena, do his workout, put up some extra shots, fly the heli back home, and go to his daughter's basketball game. That's awesome. And then to see something like that, the the tragedy that happened with it is just crushing, um, and yeah, in trying to be a better father, yeah, and it and, costs you your life and hers. And, and I think he 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 legitimately, you know, there were no gripes about him after that whole case. You know, he he actually did. You could see it become kind of a better person, and he went into you know from from basketball player to fatherhood, and you could see that transition and how it changed him. Um, not only as a person, but he he had he he was very impactful. Like you like you said, ultimate fierce competitor that you you really did not like as a Celtics fan, but you had to respect him because he would come into your building and light you up. And he's and like Mariano Rivera or Derek Jeter. Yeah, if you're a Red Sox fan. So it's just yeah, it's just it it really uh it shook just about everybody and and you know his legacy will be forever you know in stone, but. Man, yeah, that that family, you got to feel for Vanessa and their the rest and of all of them. Kids. I mean, the Altobellis yeah. have two other kids yeah. who are going to have to deal without parents and other siblings. Just and, that whole group, yeah. um, all of them. Um, and, and I'm glad. Obviously, Kobe's the big name in all this. Well, like we said, it's a human tragedy, and it, it's it's all of those families um, have gotten the time, um, and I think people are. They're not making it just about Kobe, which I think is important yeah. um, because uh, there's so many more people that are affected just than Kobe and uh, Vanessa and the other kids. Um, 
and all of their memories need to be honored and remembered. Um, and I know the NBA is planning a lot of things. I thought it was really touching what they did. Um, the players opted to do that night and in subsequent nights, the taking the eight second or 24 second shot yeah, clock really cool violations. Yeah. Those are really, I mean, sometimes, I mean, sports is a game, but there's moments where the game can transcend the game. Um, after the marathon bombings, when the Bruins, their, their game was postponed and then they, they played again the following night and uh, Renee Rancourt came out to sing the national anthem. Yeah. In most in most American arenas, uh, Americans don't sing the national anthem. Somebody's being paid to come sing it, and we stand there and we listen to them sing. Yeah. And then and maybe some people hum along or whistle, and then at the end we all cheer. Um, in other places of the world, they sing the whole national anthem right along with that person. Renee Rancourt got about three words in and then was overcome with emotion, and the whole arena just picked up. Oh, yeah. That was one of those the, moments. The, the anthem. And that's one of those moments uh, of coming together that you know it gives you goosebumps to watch and see happen um as far as um facts and th- those sorts of things go before we delve into you know the the kobe legacy stuff um you know it's gonna be a long time before they figure out exactly why and what happened um you know we've seen the reports that there was dense fog that day um they had requested special permission to be flying could they have been flying higher um, there was no black box on the helicopter, so there's, there's, it's going to be tough to put together some of that data. Um, but the NTSB think it could be a year before. Not that and it's going to give anybody any sort of closure or answers. It's, nothing's going to make you feel better about it. Um, but if you are one of those people who wants to know why, um, you're going to have to wait well, quite a while. You know, to give you an idea of the conditions, one of the things that I saw confirmed by you know them themselves was police choppers were grounded because of the fog. So that's one thing right off the top, obviously, that... How bad the conditions had to have been. Yeah. And, you know, if they're grounding their choppers, you know, if you got special clearance or, you know, like you said, we won't know for a while, but um, there's just, you know, loose facts out there right now that we're all reading and and seeing and and trying to decipher, you know, what actually happened. But um, that gives you an idea of some of the conditions. And obviously it wasn't great. Um, and just, you know, obviously really unfortunate, um, just the whole situation. Yeah. Um, to kind of transition away from that and into the future, um, with all this, uh, we don't know what will happen. I mean, the Lakers still haven't played since, um, I know they want to do something special for Kobe and, but they want to involve the kids and Vanessa, um, Bryant. So it could be weeks before they officially do something at at a Lakers game. Um, we expect there to be something at the All Star game. I know they haven't said yet, but there's going to be the All Star format has changed. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if one team wears all eights and one team wears all twenty fours. Yeah, they said they were going to do. I believe at the end of each quarter, maybe something for charity as well. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be that. Um, there's going to be tons of stuff. Um, whether they there's been talks about changing the logo, which I'm not for. Um, I think there's there's better ways because then the logo could can always be changed again. I mean that, that I feel like that's not lasting. Um, yeah, uh, enough uh, if you want to do something um, and making the NBA's never really want. And they say Jerry West is the unofficial logo, even though the artist who made the logo said he right. used Jerry West. Making one man it'd be the only logo where in sports where one guy is actually the face um, of that. I'd be more for, you know, if you want to have an award after him or something like that. Sure. Um, Or 
I mean, a lot of guys are doing it anyway, giving up the eight and twenty-four. Yeah, perfectly retiring the numbers. Um, and even if you don't, like Kemba has come out and said, you know, I think it'd be cool to wear it to honor. So there's different ways to do it. Yeah, you know? there's there's going to be tons of that stuff. Um, as far as how it affects basketball, I think this is the other thing that for me is just is crazy because we know the impact Kobe had as a player and what he did as a player for himself individually, for the league as, as a whole, the entertainment he brought for us as fans, um, the contributions he made to the rivalries, uh, the Celtics Laker rivalry being renewed in the late two thousands, um, uh, is important because I kind of said it before that the competition is important. Um, Winning titles in the 80s, if you're the Celtics or the Lakers, meant something because of who you beat, who you were going up against. Uh, Kobe is, is kind of, was part of that era where there's no friends. It wasn't like today's NBA where guys are just chomping at the bit to team up together and make yeah. a super team and nobody can beat us and we win a title. Whippy! You know, I feel like you deval- there's no intrinsic value to a winning an NBA championship if you played cupcakes. Um, the Celtics in 86 were heartbroken that the Lakers didn't get there. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. they wanted to play yeah. the Lakers. Instead, said they had to play the Rockets. Um, and, and they knew they were, they knew right then they were going to win. They were depressed when the Rockets beat the Lakers. Um, it's who you play against. And Kobe was one of the greatest competitors. So it made those finals matchups. If you're a Celtics fan with Kobe, you know, meaningful, it's worth something to compete against another guy that's just out to get you. Um, so losing somebody like that in, in a league where I think you need more of it. Um, but it's what he was doing off the court. You know, he won an Oscar for the Deer Basketball uh, movie. He's starting these Mamba Academies. Um, instead of kind of indirectly having the effect of, I'm a basketball star, kids are going to aspire to be me, maybe basketball helps them get out of a bad situation, I'm actually the one now going in, creating the environment for these kids to come to me. I'm going to instill that Mamba mentality in them. I'm going to show them how to practice, how to improve your game, how to be a better person, you know, instill all of that. Instilling that in his daughter, being such a promoter and um, trying to really draw attention to and gain in the interest in the following for women's athletics, yeah. what he was doing for the WNBA. Um, cool story on that real quick. Yeah. He was on Kimmel and he was talking, they were going back and forth and, uh, you know, Kobe and Gigi, his daughter, were um, talking to somebody, and and everybody's you know coming up to Kobe, and they're saying, "Oh, you gotta have a son. You gotta have a son, so you can you know he can he can pass on your legacy." And his daughter's standing there, and she said, "He, Kobe, you know, I'm gonna loosely said something t- like, and and Gianna's standing right there, and and she's like, well, I'm doing it. Yeah, that's all me. You know, to carry on the legacy of, of Kobe, and you know, she was pretty good from what I've seen and stuff. So, yeah." Like all the all world athlete of you know women's athletics and WNBA and there was there was a a clear route for her there so uh, just just a cool story that that uh, he was touched on in uh, um, on Kimmel one night that he was there yeah and we'll never know who what type of athlete she could have become maybe she becomes the Kobe Bryant of the WNBA and the WA gets major attention and those women can start making the money that male athletes make. I mean, yeah. just as far as like you talk about Kobe kind of changing himself after the whole, the rape allegations and becoming a better person and a, and a father and all that. Um, the empowerment of, of obviously all the women around him and then women in general, that the path that he went on. Um, 
you know, we'll see the fruit. I mean, who knows? Maybe through this, it it does continue to inspire, and maybe all those people involved in that double their efforts and the importance in it. It it continue. He continues to speak to people um, to aspire to be the type of athlete and competitor he is. Um, from what we could see on the outside and the stories we've heard afterwards, as far as the type of person he was, um, seems like he was a very genuine person. Um, he does have that one black mark in there and we don't know the full truth about what happened. We'll never know the full truth. Um, you know, because he settled a civil suit uh, and all of that's just hushed up. Yeah. Um, but you hear the stories about him visiting kids in the hospital and doing things for other people and wanting to keep it quiet and not, you know, that's the sign of a person who really gets it. Like I'm going to come and I'm going to spend time with this dying kid. Who's a cancer patient. Whose name is Kobe. Yeah. Don't, I don't want any PR. Just nobody nobody needs like to that. know that's somebody who gets it. Cause it's not about them. It's about the other person. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully other people can be inspired uh, by that and that the work that we thought he was going to do and the contrib- contributions he was going to make towards life and the game um, can still be made. Yeah, I think, you know, I think there's plenty of chances for, for everybody to still carry on those legacies of um, Kobe himself. And he's, you know, he kind of started it, but there's so many more opportunities to do so. And, you know, same with the others. There's been a couple GoFundMes and things like that that are, you know, coming out that you can donate to and uh, just kind of cool stuff that you can, you know, you can kind of carry on and you see how many, you know, of the players now, like, you know, the Jason Tatum's of the world, the Kyrie Irving's of the world, like guys like that, that are younger. Kobe was like, you know, he's that, he's their Jordan. I, I say this off the top, he's their Jordan. And, you know, everybody looked up to him. And so, you know, I, I, I think you can, there's, there's plenty of ways to, for it to carry on. And I think, Somebody's just got to grab it and just, you know, run with it still. Yeah. Um, lastly, on Kobe, uh, we have a couple of questions on Kobe, which we'll get to. Um, our memories of Kobe. Obviously, there's a bajillion memories of Kobe Bryant. Um, but what sticks out to you the most, um, what you'll remember him for? Um, for me, it, it's going to be that competitor who he was. Um, I'd forgotten about and then rediscovered the the quote. You know, he was asked... Um, if you could be complimented by one NBA player um, and somebody was complimenting about you, who would it mean the most to hear that from, that praise from? And he said, F them. I don't care about them. What an insane yeah, <laughs> answer yeah. to that question that speaks to, like I've been saying, the competitor who that guy was. I saw a video where he talked about how he decided to start waking up at 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning when he was a rookie uh, to get in the gym and get in more time. Uh, and that he's like right away, it might not make a difference, but five, six years in when all these other guys are figuring out, man, I gotta, I gotta do extra. I gotta be in the gym more than just at practice. I gotta be doing all this extra stuff to reach my level. I've already surpassed them. Like there's no way they can catch me now. Cause I've already been doing this from the get go. Uh, his singular focus on winning and competitiveness and, you're the enemy. Um, that's what that's, I mean, sports is about team and building camaraderie and friendships, but that's on the team that you're on. Kobe did kind of have his, <laughs> his troubles with teammates. Um, but just as far as a pure competitor and somebody that you thrive and want to go against, because we talked about the competition doesn't really mean anything if it's not competitive. And so yeah. missing a guy, um, 
like that in the league and just how fierce that guy was. And you just knew at any moment, you know, this game's not over. You can't, not with that guy. Oh, yeah, take over game. Not with that. That's why people hate Tom Brady. Not with that guy on the other sideline. Nope, not over. Can't, can't take it for granted. Can't, can't give up now. Got to keep going. Got to keep going. Got to keep going. That guy can do anything. He can yeah. always come back. Um, I think that's what I'm going to remember Kobe the most for. I mean, there's a million memories and shots and individual performances and stuff. But I look outside that and just look at the type of player that he was. Um, a guy that could score in a variety of ways. Um, and, and just the fire that he had within to win, um, kind of unparalleled, unmatched. Oh yeah. And, and win without Shaq too, you know, he could have easily just, he won three and then he could just easily tanked it in. No, he, I, you know, you can say Pau Gasol, but really it was Kobe, those, those latter two. And, you know, he took over games and, he won two more and he's just the ultimate competitor. That's really, and I saw, um, I was watching, you know, some different things on him and he came to the free throw line with uh torn Achilles. That's one of the, the fondest memories that I have. And Richard Sherman mentioned that after I saw it at the Super Bowl as well, like he came, they needed him. He tore his Achilles. He's limp into the free throw line and he buries two free throws. You know, that's just kind of who he was. Yeah. I think as far as individual games, if I want to think of them, I'll never forget the night the Warriors were trying to go for the record for the wins in the regular season. At the same time, Kobe was playing his last game. And I remember my mother was texting me being like, you watching this Warriors game? You watching this Warriors game? I was like, no, I'm watching Kobe's last game. And he dropped 60. Now he took plenty of shots. You know, he, I, 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 it was funny afterwards. He said all my whole life, everybody's telling me to pass the ball, pass the ball. And so everybody's like, no shoot, no shoot, no shoot. Um, so he could kind of laugh at himself for not being exactly a guy who wanted to distribute the rock. Um, but at the end of that game, watching, you know, the Lakers are down like 13 points or 11 points with like two minutes to go. And he just went on a crazy run and everybody in the building could feel the moment. Like you knew he was going to shoot. The Jazz knew he was going to shoot and to still get shots off. It was like you could just tell that he was emptying the tank. (laughs) I am leaving it all out here in this game. Um, So that's an individual game moment that sticks out to me. Um, For questions, um, we kind of have talked about this, um, but Josh uh, wants to ask, Kobe Bryant, one of the world's greatest hoopers to play the game, obviously going to the Hall of Fame. Although he ran into trouble, which gave him negative outlook, cheating on his wife, alleged rape, etc. Do you believe that will ever have a negative outlook on his legacy, especially with the impact he's leaving on many young athletes? Will it tarnish their future if it is addressed? So basically, if we decide to delve deep and air out all the dirty laundry, um, does it undo any of the good that he started? And hopefully, like we talked about, is carried on. And will it, in the end, tarnish his legacy as a whole? I'll let you go first, Christian. Personal opinion, no, only because you see plenty of times when stories like that come out, and whether it's true or not, guys kind of like cave, and it's like you just kind of trickle down. Then another thing happens. Then another thing happens. Kobe was one of those guys that he had that black mark okay. He moved on. Changed the jersey as kind of, you know, a, a semblance to uh, a symbol of, okay, I'm moving on. It's time for a change. And at least from what we know, in my opinion, no, because I think he genuinely kind of turned it around and got it at the end. You know, he 
he was moving towards, okay, my basketball career is going to come to an end at some point, focus on fatherhood, um, his wife, and things like that. So I, I think he, he, he was a guy that got it and really tried to make a change, and, it, you know, he still was. So for me, not really, no. I agree. I mean, it was so long ago now. I think that was 2003. Yeah. Um. So it didn't, it, it didn't affect his legacy while he was alive. Um, and since that moment, um, and I think he did a lot, not, not just rehabbing his image through like actions to rehab his image. He generally seems to have made a change as a person. Um, again, from just what we have heard from stories and things and the stuff that's come out after the fact about things he did, charitable work and the such. Um, I agree. I mean, it, it didn't, it didn't down him then. And it seems like he, he actually repented and, and made a change within himself. Um, and because, you know, I mean, unless stuff comes out after the fact that is like absolutely deplorable and horrible and it makes you look at him in a different light, but I'm not going to speculate about those things because we don't know them. Right. Um, we can only go on what we know. Um, so I really don't think it's going to, it's going to change anything. And I I don't think it's going to affect the, the work he was doing. I think that work will continue to happen. Um, so thanks, Josh, for that question. Um, this is from Jake. Uh, you know, we we posed for people to send in their Kobe memories. Um, this one, he's just said, you know, a memory that sticks out is 2008 playoffs, putting up 30 points per game, playing 41 minutes a game, and taking the Celtics to game six was beastly. Um, and I agree, he was a monster in that, in that series, even though the Celtics, you know, won in a romp in, in game six. That game started with Kobe like going like four for four from three in the first two minutes. And you went, "Uh Oh, here it goes. This guy is locked in. He is going to drop like 60 points tonight. We're going to have to play game seven. Oh my God. Like we were up three, one. How did this happen? Um, obviously the Celtics go on to, to win that game going away. Um, but yeah, he was the MVP that year. That was his MVP year. Um, and again, that's what makes that Celtics run was so crazy that year because you played the Hawks who are upstarts who take you to game seven then you have to get past LeBron James. Then you get past LeBron James and you have in a game 7. Then you have to play the Pistons with so the time where like the Patriots, they were the Eastern Conference standard bearers. They were there either in the conference finals or in the finals like every single year. Yeah. You're going to have to beat that team that was just so well put together and played so well. Um and then you get to the final boss, which is Kobe Bryant in the finals. It just felt like that, you know, that video game mentality of having to beat all these guys and at the end who's left it's it's the it's the main boss yep. it's kobe um so and the celtics did it that year and credit and that gets, that's what gives that championship value is because of who you took down and then you know a shame they didn't get to meet up again in 09 but then they meet up again in 10 and kobe gets them back gotcha. <laughs> yeah um i think that's gonna do it uh unless you have anything further for the for the kobe stuff um christian uh no, I mean we'll probably touch on this. Oh yeah, this story's more, not going anywhere. But, um yeah. So, now we will move into the original intent <laughs> of tonight's podcast, which is to give you an in-depth preview of Super Bowl 54, Super Bowl LIV. Um I love how they switched away from the Roman numerals for Super Bowl 50 cuz nobody wanted Super Bowl L. Yeah. <laughs> Luther. Yeah, it's kind of lame. Yeah. Um and then they decided to go right. I mean, I like the Roman numerals, but then it's like, if you're going to go away from them, just go away from them. And then they went right back to the Roman numerals because they didn't want Super Bowl it's loser. It's got that look to it. Um, 
I think this is a great Super Bowl. I think it's a fantastic matchup. I think there's so many storylines that are interesting uh, about this matchup. Um, you know, you have the Chiefs, who are one of the most dynamic, potent offenses. Uh, potentially, you know, when we look back in, in NFL history, um, a coach that's been there a long time has never gotten over the hump. Um, and then you have a young up-and-coming team, young head coach, young up-and-coming quarterback, great defense, balanced offense. Um, I feel like there's a lot of ways this game could go. I think the only way it can't go, and I would be very disappointed if it went this way, is if this one was like a boring game and was disappointing. This should be one for the ages. Yeah, I'll be, sh- I'll be shocked if it's uh, not a kind of shootout slugfest, but it'll be in the 20s, I would imagine. Um, and really the the key for me looking at the at this game from the top is the Kansas City offense, which is dynamic against the San Francisco or the Kansas City offense, sorry, which is dynamic against the San Francisco defense, which is also they were top two in the league all year in pretty much every category, um, including the postseason. Um, they're first in sacks. They are second tied first in turnovers. Um and Kansas City's right there at the top in terms of offense. So it's going to be a battle between those two um, and also the run game for San Francisco. But I'll tell you this. Everybody's kind of crapping all over Jimmy G, which makes me think Shanahan's going to be like, we're going to go throw the ball 40 times and he's going to light him up or something. Something stupid like that. It's going to be like 38-41. Uh, I, I, th- I, I think the Niners are going to just stay with, with who they are. Um you know, it, it's interesting for Jimmy G. We've talked about whether or not he's a passenger on this on this team. Um, I, I don't think he is. I think he's just being. There's so many quarterbacks in the league that can't just be good quarterbacks, that can't just like run the offense, make the simple play, make the right play. That's what Tom Brady's done for 20 years, and it helped him become the greatest quarterback of all time. Now, the dude obviously had otherworldly ability and different. You know, he he could rise to the occasion and do things. Again, that that competitive spirit that not other many other people have, um, but if you just take care of the football and just make the right plays and run the offense, that's like eighty percent of the battle <laughs> of winning games yeah. at the quarterback position. Not trying to do too much or make it about yourself, um, but the con that's kind of one of the storylines is Jimmy G earning it. If they win, does he have to have a big game to really earn um, a Super Bowl? Um, Kind of want to go through each of, you know, initially to kind of break down the game, go through the, these five parts, and and we'll say for each of us who has the advantage. Um, so if you look at just the head coaching matchup, who are you taking in this matchup? Are you are you taking Shanahan or are you taking Reed? I'm inclined to say Reed just because of the experience. I think Shanahan. I want to take Shanahan because I think he's done. Pretty damn well this year uh, with that offense and the scheme that he's put together. But because of the experience, and although he has some issues with clock management, I understand that, but I think Reed is, he's been in this spot, and you know, I think, I think I'd think i have to take him just based on that. And also, he's pretty good as a coach. I, I was leaning Shanahan at first um, just because of what he has done there in San Francisco, like what he's doing, what he's building, uh, kind of that Sean McVay uh, mold of young coach yeah. taking taking a team to a Super Bowl. Um, the new wave of coaches in the NFL. Um, his uh, his one Super Bowl experience is twenty eight to three. 
and yeah. and blowing that not game. Great. Uh, not great. Um, we questioned the play calling in that game. So, got a question. You know, if that's in the back of his mind, that's his only Super Bowl experience. Is one of the greatest letdowns and disappointments and chokes of all time. Um, so I went with Andy Reid, and I didn't realize this is his fourth Super Bowl. So it's his second as a head coach. Um, obviously, he made a Super Bowl against the Patriots with the Eagles. Um, but he was he made two Super Bowls as an assistant with Green Bay um, in the '90s. So he does have more experience being part of a team that's in this game. Um, and I think there is a factor of knowing how to conduct yourself in the Super Bowl, leading up, you know the week yeah. le- the week leading up to it, in the managing that first five minutes of the game where every emotion is riding so high. Um, and not trying to do too much or too little and just knowing how to handle the moment. Um, you know, once the game gets into it's like I want to take Andy Reid for the first quarter and then the other quarters I want to take Shanahan. <laughs> yeah, I fourth quarter clock, I'm I'm you know gonna defer to uh Shanahan on that one. Depends on if, if the Niners have the lead or not. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um quarterback matchup. Mahomes or Garoppolo. I'll go first this time. Uh don't do it. Pat Mahomes. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Breath of fresh I know, air I know, on that I, one. I thought as soon as you said "don't do it," I thought about triggering you, <laughs> but but I can't, I can't, I, I can't do that just yet. Um, yeah, it's Mahomes. Yeah, I don't think if you look at the game, you just can't because it's. Although everybody wants to say Jimmy G's a passenger, I mean the Forty ers were averaging a first down on the ground against the Packers. So like, what else are you gonna do? You're averaging a first down. Might as Why well would run. you stop? Yeah, exactly. So. But it's Mahomes. There, there's absolutely no way you can tell me otherwise. And if you do, you're wrong. Um, which offense are you taking? For sure, again, Kansas City. See, I go 49ers here because they have the ability to win and do things in different ways. They're more balanced. Their versatility. The only way the Chiefs win, the Chiefs cannot win this game without Mahomes having a big day. I mean, they could, you know, they they could end up rushing for 300 yards and some just some sort of bizarre set of circumstances, you know, things once the game happens, all sorts of things. You know, none of this is written in stone, but as far as looking at the matchups and the way that both teams are built, if Mahomes doesn't throw like three touchdowns and like 300 something yards and no picks, you know, the way he's going right now though, can it, you bet against that? No. But as far as which offense I prefer in this game, if it comes, if it becomes a rock fight, like if if the Chiefs are getting locked up in the passing game, say for whatever reason, and we we have we have some stuff to kind of delve into that, some deep dive stuff on the passing game. Um, you know, they don't they're not a running team. They're not going to be able to. No. It's not in their DNA. They want to throw. Um, you get Mahomes running around. Maybe you can generate some rush that way. And you know, is he being asked to just run for his life and make plays? Now you run the risk of him getting knocked out <laughs> maybe you just tell uh tyree kill just run 100 miles an hour down the sideline and just chuck it yeah hey that that's part they they are one of the leading league leaders in like yards per catch you know they are big plays um them and the niners are right at the top as far as teams with plays of 25 yards or more um i just take the niners for their versatility um i don't think they're gonna run the ball as well as they've had as well as they have previously because I think Casey will be ready just like they were for Derrick Henry and they made Tannehill throw and he made some throws and the, made some plays. We did but. admit though the Titans got away from the run sooner than they should have. 
Yeah. So they kind of that kind of happened by design. They like kind of lost. That could happen though. They lost their way when Mahomes went down and scored before the end of the first half, and they and now the Chiefs were up twenty one seventeen. They started to kind of just say they kind of went into panic mode a little bit and started to throw it when you could have just stayed with Henry because we won't we won't know it. I mean Henry had like was it three yards in the second half? Yeah. yeah. You know. It, and it's not like they... They, they made had, some plays on them, though. They, they did. I'll give the Chiefs credit. They bucked up in that game to stop the run. Um, whole lot different trying to stop a big bruising back like that against a team that has no passing weapons. If you load up in the box to try and stop uh, any of these backs for the Niners and you give one-on-one coverage on the outside to Samuel or to Sanders, you know... The other side Garoppolo's is... Garoppolo's way better... Um, yeah. Than Tannehill. If you get if you get in a shootout though, I mean, oof. I don't know if you can really you're kind of forced to pass the ball and can Jimmy keep up with that explosive KC offense? I don't know. De- depends on how how fast teams are running up and down the field, which leads me to the the next point. Which defense are you taking in this game and it's not even close? Don't do it. I'm taking the 49ers. Kansas City 49ers. Yeah, no, 49ers for sure. Yeah, you can't they've been I mean, they've been the most balanced team all year, pass, run, defense, but defensively, they've been solid, rock pretty much rock solid all year long, and you can't really pick against them, and I think that's that's a huge key. Can they stop the passing attack of KC? That's it right there. If you can do that and run the ball a little bit, San Francisco's in a good spot. So, um you have to take San Francisco's defense. They've been they've been in the top of the league all year. They've been one of the best defenses all year, and their speed, the speed they have across the field, is what's going to help them because that that helps you defend the running backs out of the backfield. It helps you defend the tight ends. It helps you defend Mahomes if he gets out of the pocket. Forty um, Nine ers there they have three of the top fifteen coverage linebackers in the NFL: Fred Warner, Quan Alexander, and Drake Greenlaw top 15 coverage linebackers. That's because of their speed. Um, and both of these teams, both teams, um, we have like, I, I at least I, I wrote down three major keys and we'll get into details on those about the matchups and who they favor. Um, but speed on defense is a huge factor for both sides because of what both teams like to do. Um, and the Niners have the faster defense. And I just think the better defense overall. Um, and lastly is special teams, um, which special teams unit, um, are you? Would you take in this game? Eh, I don't know. Let's say it's a wash, kind of. I'm going honestly. Chiefs, I simply because of Hardman. I mean, you have a guy that yeah, that can true. that can just break open a game like that, and Tyree Kill, you know, returning punts or Hardman returning punts. Like, yeah, that's true. The, the Niners, the Niners don't have a game changer in that spot. I mean, they have Robbie Gould, who like doesn't ever miss a kick in his entire life. Um, so that's the valuable. Jinx is in. The jinx is in. <laughs> you heard it here first. The Bobby jinx. Gold is gonna miss a kick now. That's how they lose the game. Yeah, Mark Tape. There. Oh my God, he shanks a field. Imagine goal. that. And then it's all your fault. It, it was all my fault. Hey, well, maybe the Forty Nine ers fans will come on the show. Let us know how they feel. <laughs> yeah. Take it up with me on Monday. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I gotta go with the Chiefs special teams. Um. So, for me, when I look back down, um. It's like I've given only two check marks to the Niners out of the five. Um, But I think the keys to this game 
There's three big elements. Uh, stopping the run. That's almost a given in any single game. Um, but against two teams that have talented quarterbacks and talented skill players, the Niners want to run the ball to kind of stay balanced and open up everything. So you have to stop the run first, make them one-dimensional. If the Chiefs can run the ball and they have their weapons, you're totally just cooked. So you can't allow them to run. The The Niners, or the Chiefs have to stop the Niners' run. Uh, the Niners need to stop the Chiefs' runs when they occasionally call them because you can't let them get going. Yeah. You, uh, give, you give them any type of balance, uh, look out. Yeah. Um, limiting yards after catch. Um, both teams, you know, we talked about the team speed thing. Uh, the Chiefs are second in the league in yards after catch. Um, the Niners are actually sixth. So both of these teams, I mean, we see it the way they get the, they get the ball to their playmakers with screens, little crossing routes. I mean, you bring Tyreek Hill on a drag route. I mean, he's going to beat, he's going to beat, he he beats double teams. Um, so when guys make catches, uh, getting rid of the ground or rallying to the ball, very important. That's where I kind of give the edge to the Niners because they have the better coverage defense. Um, and their team speed at the second level will kind of help them, I think, cover up uh, some of that middle and flat area of the field. Um, we saw it against the Packers. I mean, they were flying all over the place uh, making tackles. Yeah. The Packers didn't really impress me with their game plan. Um, the fun part about this game for me is you have two head coaches that are both kind of offensive-minded, and both schemes are kind of uh, tricky in a sense. And I think... Both guys, it's going to be like a you know chess match of sorts between the two on the offensive side, just on the offensive side, just because of the two coaches and, and what they can do offensively. So it'll be interesting to see um, what each side does. But I think, yeah, like you mentioned, San Francisco has those, you know, those three coverage linebackers that are pretty good in the middle. So um, they definitely have the stronger defense, um, and it's going to be very important for them to tackle these guys. Yep. Um, and that that's... That's a huge key. You miss tackles, look out, because these guys got a lot of speed on yeah. KC's side. Um, other key is who wins the tight end battle. Um, you have two of the best tight ends in the league, um, Kelsey and Kittle. Uh, double case. Um, Kansas City's defense, uh, they gave up the fourth most receptions. They gave up 96 catches this year and almost 1,000 yards. That's the fifth most. Two tight ends, specifically. Um, the Niners um, give up the 10th fewest receptions. They gave up the fewest yards to tight ends this year. Um, I think that's in large part due to, we talked about their coverage ability of their linebackers. Um, and, you know, what Kelsey and Kittle have done, they're two of the best in the league in terms of catches and yards and touchdowns. Um, first downs. Um, on both of their teams and then just overall in the league, those two guys are major targets on third down. So the tight ends are going to be a huge part of, of you know, getting stops on third down. Again, it's one of those cliched things like stopping the run. Um, but in a game like this where it could be a shootout, you get a couple of three and outs or you get the other team off the field on third down. Um, that's going to be important in building a lead uh, in this game. And for both teams, Kelsey and Killer are the guys to focus on. Yeah, and both can do a bunch of different things. Both can both can block. Uh, they're both obviously pass-catching tight ends. But if you ask me which one has a better chance of being the MVP, 
you know, most likely it'll be Mahomes on KC side or someone on uh, San Francisco, maybe on the defense. But I would say probably Kelsey only because I think he'll have more chances. So I think San Francisco wants to run the ball and obviously Kansas City wants to pass the ball all over all over the field. So I think if you ask me who who I would take between the two, I would say Kelsey only because I think he's going to get more chances and opportunities. Now whether he gets them all because of the coverage, I don't know, but I think I would take him in this situation just because of the opportunity that he'll have and you know that they'll do different things scheme-wise to get him open if they need to and in you know third down situations or whatever it might be. So I I would take Kelsey just in terms of of chances. Yeah, I I think um, whoever wins those categories, limiting yards after catch, stopping the run. So whoever wins yards after catch, whoever has the most yards after catch, whoever has the most rushing yards, and whichever tight end has the best game will win the game. Um, And when I kind of get down to it... um, yeah, I guess we can make our, our final predictions here. Um, and I'll give my MVP. You're on the clock. I'm on the clock. Your team is not on the clock. Um, I think it's going to be a rock fight in the beginning. All these games usually start out slow um, because each team has the whole two weeks to game plan, and you kind of got to figure out, all right, we have a whole year's worth of film. This is what this team came up with to stop us. Now we got to figure out how to stop that and vice versa. First quarter... First quarters are always usually slow. The game will pick up. Um and I can't I can't get away from the team that's balanced, that has the better defense. And uh I give some credence to Garoppolo, like I said, not trying to do too much. Um and the experience he has of being in Super Bowls. Granted he was behind Tom Brady. He did not play a single snap in any of those Super Bowls. Um, but he was there. He got to see how Brady prepared. I think that's going to help immensely, especially early on in the game where I said those nerves are high. And instead of maybe trying to make a big play, um, he just is going to make the simple plays um, and not throw the game away early. Um, pick six. I think it's, yeah, Garoppolo answers our question from a couple weeks ago. He threw a pick six to lose the Super Bowl. Ick. Oof. Um, that would be that would be devastating for your legacy. The jinxes in. Um, all sorts of jinxes being thrown out. I think it's going to be an exciting. I think it's going to be a rock fight in the first half, an absolute track meet in the second, um, and I think whoever has the ball last wins. And I just have a feeling that Jimmy G might not be having a great game because of it's a balanced offense, but he's going to get the ball with like two and a half to go, down five or four, and he'll drive them the length of the field and get a touchdown. Uh, so I am picking thirty-seven, thirty-five. 49ers MVP George Kittle because he's going to have he's going to have like multi catch I mean I I look at his year 85 catches fourth in the league Um, fourth 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 in the league Um, 1053 yards five touchdowns 53 first downs that's the second most um, at tight ends. Now, Kelsey's also up there in terms of first down targets, but I just think when it's uh, when it's go time, if that's the case, the Niners need when the Niners need something, um, they go to George Kittle. I just have a feeling he's going to have one of those like 
13 catch, 140 yards, and he catches the game winning touchdown. Could be like only one, or maybe Garoppolo goes two and two, like two touchdowns, two picks, or two and one. So it's not like he had some great game. Um, Kittle has the more, the bigger performance. Uh, that's my gut. That's what I feel. You know, I had to kind of talk myself into staying. You know, the Chiefs could obviously come up and just <laughs> blow doors yeah. and score seventy points. Um, but I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't go against the defense, man. I got to roll with the Niners' defense and their balance. And in my heart, I'm rooting for Jimmy G. I want Jimmy G to win it, and I want it to be because he went out and won it. Um, so I'm gonna pick what I want to root for, <laughs> so I can enjoy the game. Fair enough. I, that's uh, what it's all about. We want this game to be enjoyable. As Patriots fans, there's no stress this weekend. We can just sit back and, and watch other fans torture. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think you already jinxed it, so Jimmy G's going to drive the length of the field, and then Gould's going to miss a field goal to lose the game. <laughs> but uh, for me, I I would like to see Jimmy G win it. And just for the sake of throwing it out there, if I was going in not having a rooting interest, which I really don't, it's going to be a fun game. Um. Either way, I'm okay with the winner. I would say that it'd be cool to see Jimmy G and the 49ers get it. In terms of prediction, uh, I will go the other way and say Chiefs. Um, I think it's going to be kind of like you mentioned. I think it's going to be a, a feel out first quarter, second quarter, maybe a couple touchdowns here, and then open things up in the, the third and fourth. And... uh I think the Chiefs. Hmm. I want to say one score, but I'm I'm inclined to say maybe. Yeah, I'll say one score. I want to say like, man, I think it's going to be thirty-four, twenty-eight, something like that. And MVP Mahomes. That's the easy choice. I think he's done it all year. Uh, when he's been healthy, he's healthy now. He's had a really good postseason so far. And I think it just continues, and uh, they uh, they come away with it, and Mahomes is MVP for his first of many Super Bowl titles. It would be cool to see Jimmy G win one, though. That would be an interesting story. But either way, I think this should be an, a really interesting game. There's a little bit of everything, which is kind of nice. You know, last year it was kind of like a rock fight between uh, the Rams and Patriots. This year you got – this could be a shootout. There could be – uh, a defensive struggle at some points. You got a little bit of everything, so I think it'll be an exciting game, but got to go with Kansas City for the winner. One of the last things, uh, we did have some questions on the Super Bowl, um, and this is this is a little, a little bit of fun. Um, so <laughs> Michael wants to know, what are your favorite prop bets? Mine is, will Andy Reid eat a cheeseburger before the end of the broadcast? That's a good one, yeah. Which I think if the Chiefs win, 100% he should. yes. Um, someone will bring him a cheeseburger up to the, the podium, and, and he'll stuff the cheeseburger in his mouth while hoisting uh, the Lombardi trophy. Um, I looked down the list of, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's some pretty uh, absurd... Let me see. I had it here a second ago. Um, obviously, there's some political ones. Uh, total Donald Trump tweets. Will Donald Trump attend the game? Uh, where's What will happen to the price of Bitcoin during the Super Bowl? <laughs> um, 
uh, stock market. Uh, will Nike release a Colin Kaepernick commercial? Um, let's see. There's got to be some really. Oh, here we go. Here's kind of the funny ones. Will Andy Reid coach the Super Bowl in a Hawaiian shirt? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but that would be hilarious if he did. <laughs> uh, will Andy Reid eat a cheeseburger? Um, plus 1,200 on the yes, minus 750. Uh, seven, uh, seventy five hundred, uh, on the no. Um, which coach will be mentioned first after kickoff? Uh, will David Portnoy get kicked out of the Super Bowl? Definite yes. Definite yes. Um, and then he'll tweet at the NFL commission as he's getting arrested. What color will be the liquid that's poured on the game winning coach? That's a good one. I like that one. Clear, um, or slash water, lime green slash yellow, orange, blue, red. Purple. There should be one there that like n- there isn't. Like, could you imagine? Like, n- there is no Gatorade. I mean, it's just almost a given now. Rainbow Gatorade. Rainbow Gatorade. Um, will a fan run onto the field during the game? Oh, I hope so. I I wish they showed that. I mean, I know they don't want to show it because they don't want to give those people the publicity that they're looking for. But I love when Still Matt. Pretty good. I loved when in Super Bowl thirty eight when Matt Chatham just leveled. <laughs> The yeah. guy running yeah. on before the kickoff was absolutely fantastic. All those videos you see from the from the stands after there's one where a guy jumped on the field in an Eagles game and then Brian Dawkins runs him down and like the he like was about to tackle him and the guy was like, Okay, no, 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 yeah. no. <laughs> Never mind. I give, I give. Uh will any player be arrested in Miami after the game? Um player on Antonio the team? Brown. Yeah, I was about to say player. <laughs> Of the playing competing teams or just an NFL player? <laughs> um, will Joe Buck or Troy Aikman say Patriots? Yes. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, the team that was there three years in a row. Um, that's one of the storylines is Mahomes kind of ascending to the throne of the AFC. And, that's everywhere. They, and, everyone and taking, taking the torch, you know, are they going to become the new team? Um, I definitely think the Patriots are going to get. That's an easy take. Yeah. Uh, mentioned. Um, which will be higher Super Bowl total missed extra points or total holes in one at number 16 at the Phoenix open. <laughs> These That's are just, an interesting one. Uh, which will be higher Travis Kelsey receptions or Ricky Fowler final round birdies. Man, they go, they go really hard on the golf too. They've got the big yeah. golf ones up, which will be higher total touchdown passes in game or total goals. Tottenham versus man city. Who would lay money on these? I mean, some of the, like, it's hard Hardcore enough. Hardcore better. It's hard enough to try. I mean, this is why I don't bet money. Um, one, because I can't. Uh, I'm glad working for an NCAA institution, I'm prohibited from sports betting or wagering yeah. or gambling. Because honestly, as much as like I jokingly, like, you know, you pick the games with friends and say, I think they're going to win. And they're like, oh, man, I was right about this prediction, blah, blah, blah. The minute you lay money on it, the universe turns that against you. Oh, yeah. And, and you lose all the money. So it's hard enough to pick games normally if you're a better. How in, on earth do you feel confident laying money on James Harden total points versus the Pelicans minus seven and a half <laughs> yeah. Yeah. with the odds? Of minus 130 versus Super Bowl first half total points. <laughs> like, how on earth? That's why I don't. These are just absolutely bizarre. I, I If I had to say, sneaky, one of the best ones, kind of sneaky, not as funny, but the Gatorade. 
super it, kind of cool. I'm not gonna lie. That the Gatorade one's cool. Um, here's more. This isn't even like cross sport. This is just cross world. Uh, 1917 Oscar awards or total field goals attempted. Jeez. <laughs> Man, if you're going in that hard, you got to be hard. 49ers point total versus Donald Trump total tweets on February 3rd. Oof, man, I got to go tweets, I think. I mean, some of these are going to take time to pay off, too. Like the, the Oscars one, I mean, the Oscars are the following Sunday, yeah, right? You yeah, you won't know for a while. So you got to watch. So you're, <laughs> you're going to sit there knowing, like, Oh my God! What at what you know? Like you might know immediately. Like how many? Like, pull that up for me right now. How many uh, nominations does 1917 have for Oscars? Because like I think it's like it might be five, but like you know, or hopefully the betters like they count. Like nope, sound design, set design, like those Oscars count too. And you're just hoping like uh, I count I count ten ten. So that so that's got to be all those. It's got to be like the major categories. But also like all those little like costume yeah, like design, best picture, best sound director, editing, visual effects, cinematography, ten makeup and hairstyling, stuff like that. Yeah, ten. So they're nominated for ten. Are they going to win ten? How many field goals do you think are going to be in this game, Christian? I don't think many. It's not how many field goals; it's how many missed field. Goals. I, yeah, it's total field goals attempted. So how many attempted. field goal attempts versus how many Oscars nineteen seventeen will win? That There's is not a gonna be many great. Films. I almost want to put that out as a poll, just to see what everybody else thinks. That that might be my new favorite, just because of there's so many factors. The 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 fact that you have to wait the week, you're gonna know how many field goals got attempted. That's true. And man. then sit there all week, and then be like, okay, there were only two field goals attempted in the game. Come on, every other movie <laughs> like 1917 wins one Oscar, and you're just sitting there the whole. You'll have sports fan. This is what's crazy. You're gonna have sports betters. Watching the Oscars, I know that's how they get, they rope you in. Like, are they going to have that at the sports book? Are they going to have the Oscars up at the sports book? <laughs> I bet they would. Yeah, that's how they hook you. Uh, there's tons more in here, but I think I think that one's the winner. I think that's got me uh, as far as. <laughs> here we go for the new generation. One last one for the new generation. Will any touchdown celebration contain a Fortnite dance move? There you go. Yeah, uh, I won't answer that one. <laughs> the Oscar one, the Oscar one is cool, and I like the Gatorade. I'm not gonna lie, just just for uh, show sake, I'm gonna go with purple. Purple, yeah. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go with that. There are oh, 1917 wins more Oscars. <laughs> we'll find out in a couple gotcha. of weeks, uh, along with the winner uh, of the Super Bowl. Um, Christian's taking the Chiefs. I'm taking the Niners. It's gonna be a great game. That's what we're all hoping for. Um, thank you for those who sent in questions. Um, we will be doing another show on Monday. So if you want to send in your reaction to the Super Bowl or any other thoughts um, about sports in general, you can send those to any of our um, platforms on social media at 360 Sports on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you can email the show, the360sportsshow at gmail.com. Uh, you can certainly hit us up through there. Uh, give us a like and a follow. Subscribe to us through SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, on and on and on. The number of apps you can find us on continues to grow. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week. See you.